Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We're so glad to have you today. Today, uh, we will be talking with Jana Magruder, director of Lifeway Kids, and this is part three of a series of uh, podcast episodes on Nothing Less, which is the research book that Jana uh, completed or, or created with our team in cooperation with Lifeway Research. And she's authored this book and has been talking with us about some of these key factors that are childhood indicators of spiritual maturity in adults. And so we all want our kids to grow up and to turn out uh, good and to walk with the Lord their whole lives. We know statistics show that that is not the case for the majority of kids who are in church at the moment. Many of them will leave. Mm -hmm. Some of them will return. And so we want to know, or we sought out as we began this research project, Jana led us down this road of saying, well, can we find out what are those things that those who do stay have in common. And so we're going to be talking with Jana Magruder today in this uh, part three in our series called Nothing Less. Hey, Jana. Hey, Chuck. Welcome. Thank you. How's it going? It's going pretty good, although I've got my coffee going and it's what time in the afternoon? Afternoon coffee time. afternoon coffee time. I didn't get mine. And so, you know, if I get a little groggy or something, (laughs) just poke me if I zone out or doze off. No, so we we have been having this conversation and it's been a very good discussion. Listeners, if you have not listened to part one or part two of this Nothing Less series, please go back and do that. Um, So before we dive into that, Jana, you know, sometimes when we have the time, we like to talk about personal stuff. Uh Uh-oh. And so, you know, last time (laughs) or in this series, we talked about some of your stuffed animals and we talked about some of those things, but we kind of like to go back to childhood and talk about things that help make us who we are. Let's go a little farther down the road. Okay. And I want to hear like, a little bit. I don't bit. think I can go further back. No, no, no. We're not going to go further back. <laughs> I wanna, let's talk a little bit about you as a college student. Okay. So you attended the Baylor University. That's right. Sikkim. There you go. And so tell us a little bit about what Jana Magruder was like as a college student. <laughs> Did you, so were you one to skip classes? Were you a front Never. row sitter? Were you a good <laughs> test taker? What were you like as a student? Well, I really enjoyed my free time. There's that. That's good. That's good. That's the college equivalent of recess. And I lived in the great city of Waco way before it was cool, you know. Uh, with Chip and JoJo. The Gaines couple. Did you the Gaines hang with family them? has has made Waco, uh, you know, put it on the map, basically. Um, I did not know Chip uh, or JoJo. JoJo, I don't think JoJo was there when I was there, but but Chip was. So we there's a chance that we could have met at some point, but I, I don't remember him, nor would he remember me, Okay, I'm sure. but he may have, like, bumped into your tray yeah, in the cafeteria Baylor's one day. Yeah, Baylor's small enough to where, you know, you can, you know, remember just about everybody there, even though it's about 12,000 or more. So did you know at that time what you wanted to do? Were you on a track to get into working with children in a ministry aspect? Yeah, well, no, not necessarily ministry. Although I grew up in a ministry family, um, I uh, was down the education track. And so my degree and background is in education, um, elementary education, that is. So my degree, my diploma actually says interdisciplinary studies. Excellent. So 
if, if and I think you use what in the world does that mean? Those, <laughs> exactly. Every bit of those studies. You know, maybe probably, that was a sign because I have done many disciplines within the world of education. And within your role here, yes. you are doing a lot of different things that involve yep. educational pedagogy as well mm-hmm. as hands-on interaction with kids. Yes, absolutely. So that my my, my journey started at Baylor in terms of my career, and. Um, uh, certainly cut my teeth on um, student teaching in Waco, both in public and private schools, and then moved to the great city of Austin, Texas, which was and is still on the map. So there's that. My husband and I both, since we went to Baylor, uh, loved Baylor, Waco not so much. We were ready to move to a great city like Austin. Like so, Austin. <laughs> yes, spent 16 years there and did um, – Uh, classroom teaching and uh, then got into a whole other world of museum education. Yeah, and that's a really cool part of your story. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, do you want me to tell that part? I'd have to save that for another episode. We'll bring him back for that. Yeah, because I can get long-winded on that. (laughs) Sure, right. And we want to – I just like getting these little bits of information. Okay, so there you go. Everyone gets to know you. What's the best part about being a Baylor Bear? Personally, for, for me, my favorite part was being in a group called Student Foundation, which I got the opportunity to be president of. And Student Foundation um, is a great uh, student-led organization. It's not student government, but um, is a, a group of, of um, college students that uh, pour into uh financial development for scholarships. And so we raised money. I went all over the state of Texas as a college student to meet with alumni and and talk about the vision of um, raising funds for, for great scholarships. So Student Foundation gave out scholarships that we actually, as students, helped raise the funds for through our alumni association. Well, that's like a very studious and upright yes. and upstanding answer. I expected you to be like, no. I mean, I don't know. It taught me so much. Wearing green and toilet oh, paper green in the and trees. Green and white stripes. The stew, <laughs> the stew food is what we were affectionately called. Wore green and white striped rugby shirts. They still do today. See, that's cool. And we have, a, yes, and they have a, a great bike race called Bear Downs, and that's kind of what, what we're known for. So it's a great organization. And that really did help shape a lot of leadership skills that I that I developed early on. Well, and we benefit from those skills here at LifeWay Kids and our <laughs> listeners do as well as you lead the LifeWay Kids team. Uh, so part of that has fed into what led to this research book. Mm-hmm. And so give us just a little bit of background again, for since this is episode three, about where this book came from. How, wh- what was the germination of the book? Well, I got to tell you personally, for me, and I know you and I have talked about this along with our leadership team as parents right now yeah. who still have kiddos in the home, um, we just all of a sudden will have this urgent moment of thinking, am I spending my time the right way while I have them under my roof? So that's kind of the heartbeat behind where this was is, you know, I'm a working mom. Um, I know there's a lot of working moms out there that uh, deal with that inevitable mom guilt of, you know, I work. Should I be, you know, spending more time at home? And then believe me, I've been a stay at home mom for a short stint and the devil gets you in your other ear, too. Should Mm. I be at home or should I be doing something else? So the stretch of that of just raising kids and how you spend your time with them, I wanted to know, how do I get, for lack of a better way of saying it, the biggest bang for my buck Sure. in terms of my time and how I develop them? And so 
you know, we all sat down, um, those of us who are involved in the project, and really have that in common. We're still in the parenting years. Even our main researcher, uh, Scott McConnell, who I'll give a shout out to, um, and that helped us because he too, as a dad with kids at home, got what we wanted to do with this. And so, um, yeah, just as a quick review, that's what you know, they set out to help us find out, are there statistical things that we can determine from interviewing enough people? And so we interviewed over 2,000 parents Mm -hmm. who have already completed their parenting journey in terms of having, you never complete it, but in terms of having kiddos at home, uh, these were empty nesters that we interviewed, um, our team interviewed. So um, that said, that, I mean, that's really the story behind it is just many conversations about, you know, is it this? Is there a formula that looks like you do this, this, and this? Or, and that we, and we're going to talk about what did and yes. didn't make the list. Yes. But um, our researchers were able to take that and find out statistically. And I always give that as a caveat because we're talking about research here. So you talk about things that are statistical, but we all know that the Holy Spirit can move in his own way, in his own timing, and discredit all of this. So yes. so don't don't get hung up in the fact that, oh, I haven't done this formula. We know that's not how the Holy Spirit works. Right. But for in terms of capturing best practices for how we use our time wisely at home, sure. that's and what this is for. Even in the same home, in the same family, you can mm-hmm. have different children who respond differently. Absolutely. And we've seen that. So this is yes. not, uh, like you said, this is not a formula for success. If you right. do ABC, it'll guarantee anything. Right. But it is very, very interesting and relevant to us as leaders of of children's ministries as mm-hmm. we coach and encourage parents and come alongside them. And as we parent our own kids, of course, uh, everybody kind of wants to know, what are what's that family doing? You know, yeah. are their kids turned out good? What did they do? Oh, goodness. The comparison stuff. We could go on and on. Which is not good, no. right? We don't want to ever be, you right. know, keep up with the Joneses in terms of trying to win at mm-hmm. parenting. But we all want to do a good job. And mm-hmm. it's good to share information to help sure. each other. And so we found 15 key indicators mm-hmm. from this book, that our research that led to this book, mm-hmm. that fell into three categories. Can you quickly recap the three categories? Sure. If you are skipping episodes one and two, here's the review for you. So number one thing that you can do for your children now is set apart into its own category. This makes the biggest difference. So if you do nothing else, do this. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Are you ready for your mind to be blown? Let's re- the big reveal. <laughs> the big reveal. Next Bye. week on the podcast. Oh, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jan. You can tell them now. Bible reading. Bible reading. That's yes. Right. Yes. And I remember when we got that answer, we were all a little bit, oh, we already knew that, didn't we? Yeah. But it's, it's simple yet profound when we when we talk about all the things that we really are spending our time on. But yet so missing from the truth of how Mm -hmm. we live day to day. We know it's the right thing to do. But do we do it? But it really makes a difference. But it it moves the dial, if you will. And then there were some other factors Mm -hmm. in your second category that were positive contributions towards spiritual maturity. Yes. So the second section are things that made a moderate difference. So Bible reading stands alone as the strongest thing that you can do. The next category makes a moderate difference. So if you can incorporate these, these are excellent as well. So prayer, 
That was the other mm. kind of Sunday school answer that we thought, yep. okay, Bible reading and prayer. We got that, right? Yes. We knew that, right? Um, the next one was serving in the church, kids who serve in church. And we were really excited to see that because we know that that makes a really big mm. difference. Um, the next one uh, was primarily listening to Christian music. Yeah. That one did surprise us a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, But I do think that it points back to that number one. If you're listening to solid lyrics that point to scripture and mm-hmm. doctrine, that really kind of points back to that number one, which is God's Word. It comes back to that old mm-hmm. garbage in, garbage out, right? Yep. You become what you listen to. And so right. just meditating on lyrics and words and ideas that are godly right. are going to point you to That's right. back to Him. And then the last one in that category um, is uh, uh, serving in mission trips or projects. Yeah. So that there's that missions component where kids who engage in that are able to have a bigger worldview of, of God's people and have a heart for the nations and heart for their neighbors and their community and learn how to live on mission. So that is in there, too. And we were really excited mm-hmm. that that made um, the list at such a, a – uh, higher level of yes. things to incorporate. Yeah. So those are things that we found in common that these families whose, whose children turned out uh, to, to continue to walk with the Lord into adulthood in a way right. that they looked at as spiritually mature and secure. Mm-hmm. And there's a third category, and this is a category of things that our research returned Mm -hmm. that most people might think are really relevant things, Mm -hmm. are are contributing factors to spiritual maturity, that a lot of us are trying to do things. And our research came back and said, there's some stuff that you might think would help, but that's really not a factor. And that's what we're talking about today. Correct. Now, just to just to correct you real quick. Yeah, please do. On the study, there are three categories of things that made the list. So the 15 that we keep talking about are categorized into uh, a large uh, uh, impact, impact thank you, moderate and small. So what we're going to talk about today didn't make the list it's like at all. It had a negative impact, they, right. but, but very small by comparison. But the fact that any of those made this, the, the list is significant because we're going to talk today about things that did not make the list at all. And and some of them are surprising. Yes. Okay. So let's get into those things. So there's stuff that we're doing that we think is the right thing to do. And we may turn out statistically anyway, that these are things that may not be the best use of our time as you look for that biggest bang for your buck. Right. So take us there. What did we find? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to tell you that this particular uh, page, pages in the book, come from a chapter called We're Chasing the Wrong Things. Mm. And it sets up it sets us up by talking about as Americans, but also if you pull out the Christian population, we're really not that different from the general American population of desiring a well-rounded, happy, fulfilled life for our kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's really for uh, we can be overly spiritual and say, well, we know that, you know, die to self and and um, delayed gratification, all these things that we know are good. But when it comes down to if you think in your as you're scrolling your Instagram feed and you're seeing all those things, Pinterest contributes to all of this. We do desire for our kids to be happy, well-rounded, successful is baked into all of that. Um, leaders, the, all those things that we think that we want for our kids. And those things are okay if proportionately they match up with what really matters, which is going back to number one, 
are they in the word of God? Are you in the word of God, mom yes. and dad? That was really convicting for our team to sit, to take a look back at our own lives and say, are we modeling this for our kids at home? Mm. It starts with us. Um, so anyway, we're chasing the wrong things is what we're set up to do in this uh, or what we're we're setting ourselves up to do. This chapter there, unpacks that. And there were some specific things that yes. we identified as some yes. of those things we're chasing. What, what were some of those? Okay. So uh, let me just say again, because these didn't make the list doesn't mean that they're bad things. I just want you to think through the lens of how can I get the most bang for my buck? Back to that saying, that phrase. So uh, family ate meals together at least once a week. That did not make the list. But I'll, I'll do casual polls of, of my friends in ministry or just friends in general. And oftentimes we, we think, okay, that will move the dial. If we get around the table we and we get have – the table together. Yes, we've got to. And mo- I, moms will beat themselves up over we didn't have dinner this week because mm-hmm. we're going a thousand different directions. Hear me say, family meals are good. We know that great conversations can happen. That can be a discipleship time if used wisely. Um, But the point of this is to say that that can happen, and yet Bible reading never happens. Mm. So be careful where you put so place your priorities. Is really not meals the alone is not going to do it. So that I think that that's encouragement because mm-hmm. because there's many of us who right. who don't get those meals together. That's right. And we can feel like we're failing. Yes, and we feel like we're failing. So there's grace there um, in terms of just trying to check that box, do a beautiful back to Pinterest Pinterest menu <laughs> of of the family meal and the father knows best devotional around the table. Get, the, get that picture, that image out of your mind, mm. because that's not necessarily what moves the dial, like yeah. I said. Um, I'll read a few other ones just um, that were surprising to some of us. Um, things like, uh, well, family went on vacations, fun outings, and one-on-one outings. So, you know, I think a lot of times we think, oh, man, we don't have enough money to go on a vacation this year. Mm. I feel like a failed parent. We haven't been to the beach in a couple of years. You know, my, mm-hmm. my kids are missing out on this, this special experience that is going to complete their lives forever. Right. And we'll and quality family. Time. Yes. That quite. Yes. And, and all that is very good. Does it have to be a beach vacation? Does it have to be, or could it be, you know, quality time at, um, you know, doing a staycation mm. where you build in some fun things, but you're incorporating more of those spiritual things that we talked about that did make the list. Um, I, uh, daddy daughter dances kind of came in vogue after my daughter um, was in that era that that time period with with um, her dad and I've even thought to myself as I've scrolled my Facebook or Instagram feed and see all the cute pictures of the daughters dressed up with their dads and going to dances and I'll catch myself thinking well, you know, Morgan Grace didn't get to do that. You know, is, there's going to be some wound that she has because she didn't get to do a daddy-daughter dance or those kinds of things that we think of, one-on-one outings, vacations. Mm. Um, those things are good, but they don't need to be misprioritized mm. when we talk, when we compare them to the things that do make a difference. Um, I know that uh, this one also was surprising, um, sports. How many times, hi, kid men leaders out there, 
I know this is a, a, a sticky p- talking point for us because we see so many families that have to bow out of church service, mm-hmm. whether it starts off on a Wednesday and then all of a sudden they're gone on Sundays too because of travel sports and things like that. Uh, sports doesn't move the dial in this study. It did not make the list of, of, um, of how your children will be spiritually when they grow up. So bear that in mind. Again, um, a lot of us uh, have kiddos and sports, and and that's okay. But again, just to keep that priority in mind. Um, uh, School choice. Man, I fall into this category as an educator. Mm -hmm. I have just uh, spent many hours just painfully deliberating over where my children should go to school. Whether that's, you might think, oh, if only I homeschooled if them. If only I did Christian this. School. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and um, the enemy loves to kind of get us in that space of the what ifs or if I had only. And um, it turns out that where your kids go to school, uh, whether it's private, homeschool, uh, Christian school, or public school, those things don't make a difference in this study. Hmm. Yeah. They were not. Um, Which, again, I think is good news for a lot of people. I do, too. Because we can put pressure on ourselves. Oh, absolutely. That we are giving our kids a lesser experience one way or the other. One way or the other. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, Church size or consistency at one church. So I remember you, Chuck, even were kind of honing in on this. Like, does it make a difference if a child stays or a family stays in one church their entire lives? Like, do they have a better shot at growing up and not leaving the church or— or um, not walking with the Lord um, later in life. And it turns out that that didn't make the list either, nor does the size of the church that mm-hmm. you attend. Do mega churches have an advantage over smaller churches, smaller churches over mega? No. It's, this, this study tells us that that does not make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just a few of the things that kind of surprised our team about, wow, I kind of thought, these things might make the list of, of helping um, my child grow up into being this, you know, a spiritually healthy adult. And it's fascinating to get data mm-hmm. from real people about their actual experiences and just sort of observe, you know, yeah. look at it and, and see, look for those things that are in common. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly challenges for us. You know, that, that we really need to focus on getting in God's Word together as a family, us being in God's Word in front of our kids as examples, yes. encouraging them to do that themselves. And then there's also some things that are a relief, even in what's not on there, you know, because right. if you're bad at taking time off of work or if you work at all, right. or if your kids are in public school and whatever else, yeah. it's really nice to know that those are not detrimental. Yes, so for as you kind of sum up our findings and as a mom and as a leader in the in the way that you are, mm-hmm. what's your word of encouragement to us? What's the big takeaway? For me, the big takeaway is that it is never too late to start implementing these things in your home. And church leaders, it's not too late for you to start encouraging your families to implement these things in, in uh, their homes. And I absolutely think that the church has a role in doing this. We didn't talk about the the smaller impact, but um, having, I'll just mention a few, having a, another adult besides a parent mm-hmm. from the church pouring into the life of a child and or teen makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And so church, that's where we come into place to provide godly men and women 
who are dedicated to being your small group leaders, your large group leaders, uh, just you know, chaperoning things. They're they're committed to um, to pouring into the lives of kids. And we, that's really where we fit in as kids ministry leaders and volunteers, right? It's an opportunity for us to come it, alongside. The it family. is absolutely and an opportunity for us, and it it does make the list. Yeah. Um, Christian friendships for kids makes the list, and so can we foster that at the mm. church level? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, there are some takeaways in here for church leaders. There are certainly some takeaways, uh, big takeaways in here for parents. And so as church leaders getting this information in front of them, I think is the biggest thing that we can do. So listeners, we would encourage you to pick up a copy of this book. It's called Nothing Less. You can find it by Jana Magruder. You can find it in Lifeway Christian Stores. You can find it online. Locate the book and get a copy. But Jenna, there's also a new resource. Yes. Because we know as as ministry leaders, mm-hmm. we want to be equipping parents. And so tell the listeners about this new resource that is just now coming out. Yeah. So uh, when we got the research, and if you haven't seen the book, Nothing Less, it is beautifully done um, in terms of infographics and and beautiful pictures, um, lots of color. It's not a boring research book like you might think it is because uh, we're kids ministry. It's like a coffee yeah, table book. It, it's it's really almost nice. like a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie Salvatore, our art director, did a beautiful job of bringing this research to life to where you can kind of thumb through it and and glean some, some quick truths and, and be able to communicate it quickly. Um, so that said... Uh, that's really helped the research um, sell itself almost because people can just look at the book and be able to, to, uh, to like I said, learn quickly. Um, the problem is that uh, as kids ministry leaders, we want to share it with our parents. And in order to do that in a compelling way, it would be nice to have these beautiful pages in a slide format so you can do a PowerPoint and then talk to your parents, lead a little conference, lead a, a seminar, mm-hmm. a workshop um, where you can invite your your families, uh, the adults in your church, the leaders in your church to, uh, to see the research because it's so compelling. And we've gotten so much feedback about how this has helped um, churches and ministries and families. So we've created... We've tried to solve this problem. We've created um, a kit for just that, to give a conference. And so it's called Settle for Nothing Less. We wanted to differentiate it so it didn't look like another book. It comes with the book, but it also comes with the slides of the pages so that you can help tell the story yourself in a visually um, compelling way as well. It also has a few videos of me. You can watch those yourself and kind of learn before you give the conference, or you can actually show them if you want. Um, they're meant to, to be versatile, but the videos are included, the slides, um, and then there's a conference plan so that you're not just flying blind. Um, and you can review that plan. It helps you plan out the content and what you want to say, and we coach you through that. So look for the book, Nothing Less, yes. and then take this challenge. Get, look for this kit Settle for nothing less mm-hmm. that will allow you to teach this as a parenting workshop at your church. Great yeah, You can resource. get those on LifeWay.com or LifeWay Christian Stores. Excellent. Yes. Well, Jana, thank you so much for unpacking this for us. This research is so interesting, mm-hmm. but it's also actionable, and that's what I love about it. Yes. It's not just interesting. Right. Thank you for sharing. Listeners, thank you for listening. Go please check out Nothing Less, the book, and Settle for Nothing Less, the workshop 
facilitation kit (laughs) and then come back and see us again or listen to another episode here on the podcast. We do want to invite you to come here to Nashville to be with us for the Etch Family Ministry Conference. Etch is October 17th through 19th here in Nashville. You can find information at etchconference.com. Look for the main sessions there and the schedule. You can also find information about pre-conference sessions. And Jana will be here. Will you be talking about nothing less at the conference? Yes. So there's a breakout session or seminar I think I'm going to do it from stage. From from stage. Okay, good. So you can hear more in person about Nothing Less, and you can talk to Jana, buy her a coffee, sit with her. Uh, Say hi. Say hello, and you can talk about this stuff with her in real time. So join us here in Nashville this October for the Etch Conference, etchconference.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.